This is Eric Dye. I'm Jeremy Smith. And I'm Phil Schneider. And you're listening to Church Mag Podcast number 96. What a great kingdom mindset to put that out there so that guys can begin to do do sound better um, and to help people you know enter into worship and glorify God. They call it sound design for a reason because it's a unique mix of both science as well as art. You know, just a couple of years ago, I sat down and said, you know what, I'm going to start getting up at four in the morning and, and write for a couple hours before the rest of my day starts. I'm going to make this thing happen. This week's episode is brought to you by Great Church Sound, a guide for the volunteer. This ebook, hard copy, and free mobile app is a must-have resource for your church sound booth, no matter the size of your church. Professional audio engineer and church tech James Wassum has put together a stellar resource priced to be accessible by all. Learn more, Great Church Sound, and find all kinds of free resources on the Great Church Sound website at greatchurchsound.com. That's Great Church Sound. Sound.com. On this week's episode, we talk with Great Church Sound author James Wassum. If you have any question for James while listening to this week's podcast, use the Church Mag podcast hashtag CMAGCast and he'll be sure to reply. The hashtag again, CMAGCast. Now, let the fun begin. All right, here we go. Welcome to another episode of the Church Mag podcast. And we have a very, may I say, awesome guest today, James Wassum. Uh, he is a super duper awesome sound guy. James, welcome to the podcast. Hey, it's great to be here. Now, we start the podcast. It's like two in the afternoon for me. Uh, it's like uh, seven o'clock for you, right, Phil? Uh, yes, correct. Yeah, seven o'clock for Phil. It's six a.m. with Jeremy, which I, I don't know if he's sick or what, and why. Hopefully, he'll be on later. Uh, but for James, it is a whole other. Um, awful time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's the five a.m. special time of day here. Five a.m. on a Saturday morning, people. I mean, is this guy awesome or what? This guy is awesome. Um, James is on uh, today's podcast because we're going to be talking about uh, a book, and it's not just a book. It feels more like a curriculum, or maybe not curriculum, but a kit. Now, you've you've had a chance to look at the actual hard copy of it, uh, Phil. What what were your initial impressions of this thing? Um, I thought it was. A, it struck me in like the vein of the um, you know the whatever for dummies series kind of books. But uh, I like it better. Like I, I've seen some of those books. Like um, I think I saw Word, WordPress for Dummies a while back, or um, it was like Philosophy for Philosophy for Dummies, and they're they're fine. I'm not criticizing those books, but um, the book is uh, you know great great church sound, a guide for the volunteer, and it kind of struck me in that vein in that it really takes things down to the most basic level, presents it step by step, going through terms. Okay, now let's look at what the what the gear is. Now let's talk about how this all works together. Now let's talk about how to uses properly and it goes through step by step and shows you how to be around you know the church sound guy um i thought it was, it was a fantastic way of looking at the issue itself and because like you're saying about the kit with um uh the app which we'll talk about here in a minute and then also some of the other um extras listed in the back of the book it definitely is more like a kit where you're learning you're more like almost in a class learning from a professor than just reading a book by an author. Yeah, exactly. And the beautiful thing about this book, and I highly recommend that uh, people get a hard copy of this because this is not only something that you could make required reading for new sound text, but also the ones that you currently have. Because no matter how long you've been around this kind of stuff, more than likely you're going to learn some great stuff out of this book. And it is something that you can keep in the sound booth as even a reference point. You know, people can look at it, flip through it while they're waiting for service to start, that sort of thing. And just, you know, getting constant refreshers 
years and that sort of yeah, thing. It's interesting. Uh, you know, you bring up the handbook side of things and the, the aspect of having it in that drawer by the sound booth, because I remember, you know, when the idea hit me, this was over 12 or 14 years ago, I guess now, but, uh, as a sound guy, uh, learning the craft and volunteering and all that kind of stuff, you know, I, I would see the magazines and books laying around and my background is in, uh, systems installation and commercial audio. And so I was doing this as a profession, uh, as a young man and then volunteering on weekends. And so I would bring in the material I was already studying for my profession, but, uh, the, the whole thing that led to this guide was there's only uh, so many people behind that console that could stomach the Yamaha guide to audio or the, uh, you know, the Yamaha even worship, uh, audio guide. So, you know, there's some great stuff in there, but it becomes way too academic way too quickly. Uh, so that's something I wanted to try to avoid with this while still, while still being, you know, very comprehensive, at least for a volunteer's perspective. So, Phil, now that you have this book, what? How are you going to implement it and and apply it at your own at your own in your own congregation? Well, first of all, I'm going to read through it all myself because I was I ran sound for my church from the age of 13 uh, until about uh, 23, 24. So, um, I want to read the book and figure out what I was doing wrong all those years <laughs> because I was looking through it. Um, uh, I, I like how you say, don't read the book all the way through unless you want to. Go to the sections you need help on. Go to the sections where you're curious. Or go to the section where, you know, to you know, if you know how to set the gear up, skip that section. Go to the section on how to run the gear properly, how to avoid feedback, the troubleshooting section, that kind of stuff. And so I was flipping through. I read through the um, opening chapter because I wanted to see how you explain. Um, I'll get that in a second. Uh, so for me, I'm, I went right to the section on EQ because that's the problems I had the most. Because... I uh, I run sound entirely by ear. If it sounds good to me, it's I'm calling it good. You know, I don't understand the math. I don't really care to understand the math. I'm a history major, so I uh, looked at the section on EQ to kind of understand it better. And I like how you you went through and you explained very well. Um, I'm a, in detail. In air quotes, because it wasn't like in detail with going through, well, this hurts, does this, and this hurts, does that. You, you covered that, but you kind of moved through that quickly and explained EQ in a more, more, uh, in, in detail for layman people. And then, uh, you went through. Well, that's because, that's because running sound and, they call it sound design for a reason because sound is not only it's a, it's a unique mix of both science as well as art. Oh, definitely, definitely. And um, but, but the way the way he presented it was perfectly for the perfectly understandable for any random volunteer. But then goes through and explains how to e- use the EQ properly and how not to use it. And I probably have used it improperly most of my career because he goes through and explains do not use EQ to quote unquote add sound. Okay, you can't add bass to a channel, but you can use the EQ to cut the treble and thereby, and you know, emphasizing the bass. And I'm like, that's genius. And, I, and, and it's something I may have figured out if I just took the time to sit down and look at the soundboard and thought about it properly. But if you're if you're a church volunteer, generally you're getting there, you're turning it on, getting it set up before the band gets out of practice. And then you're running sound. Right. And you're not thinking about the finer points of how to do it properly. You're just doing it. Exactly. And so that was a, was a fantastic point. And, and there was something that I experienced when I was uh, head over um, the, the sound team in the church in the United States there. And 
about every three months or so, I would do a full reset. And it was, I usually did it when there was going to be an extra long worship practice. And what I would do is I would reset everything like EQ, et cetera. I would pull everything back, even the monitors, because what I learned is, is there was a sort of creep that would happen where everything on the EQ would creep up. All the monitors would creep up. And it was just like that the sound floor was constantly, slowly, little by little, Sunday after Sunday, would rise higher and higher until it was just this big mush of sound. And it was very frustrating because, you know, every time I come to the soundboard, I'd be like, wow, they turned this up and that up. And it was just, it was like a constant you know, battle of, of a tug of war to and fro. And now if the other sound techs would have been able to read this and really grab a hold of these concepts, I think it would have eliminated that because they would have learned concepts just like what you outlined, Phil, where it, it isn't, it isn't about adding. It's about taking away less is more. Exactly. And that's, that's one of those things that, that so many people starting out can really stumble over and you end up, you know, creating more problems for yourself. That creep is such a common problem. And I'm surprised you got through three months without doing resets, you know, um, you know, and, and some people put the little colored dots on the console uh, for the analog consoles or uh, creating presets on the digital consoles. And sometimes you over, you know, overwrite those with your own new favorites, but uh, it, it should always be something you go back to and get back to fundamentals whenever you can. Yeah. We, we never reset our board. It pains me to say that. <laughs> you should try it sometime. It's, it's exhilarating. It's, it's like uh, flying without a safety net underneath you there. <laughs> right. If, if you did that, Phil, you'd be like, wow, this Sunday doesn't sound like just a mud wall of sound. <laughs> well, guys, there's so many thoughts. <laughs> because like, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I have not run sound since we bought that board. I, I consistently, I've run it a few times. So I don't even know how to save new presets. So now, I'll are, go, are you I'll using a digital console? Uh, it's, it's dual. It's got an analog set and okay. a digital set. Yeah, sometimes you want to be careful, um, depending on the type of setup you've got. Um, I, I did a church recently where we installed a, a digital console, and it actually serves as the primary uh, EQ and limiter section. It's the DSP for the entire system. So to reset that console would be doing a pretty major uh, disservice to the room tuning and other things that we did with that particular system. And, and so, you know, some systems are set up differently where you have different processors or, or room tuning devices for the loudspeakers. But, uh, yeah, before you reset your cons, a digital console, make sure that you're not affecting bigger parameters behind. Right. The right. No, it isn't. It doesn't. We have a separate EQ. I'm pretty sure. And even we don't, even we don't, the presets are just, um, this correspond to the channel, the fader positions. Sure. Sure. And the, uh, and the um, it's, it's really a frustrating thing because the trim and gain is not set up that way. So your right. trim or gain is channel is, is lo- channel locked, whether you're, so, like for example, if this cha- channel, this is a, we're getting in the weeds here, but if channel three is a wireless mic, when you flip the digital, then channel twenty three is whatever it is, and the gain is the same. Oh, I see. Yeah, so it's it's kind yeah, of a hardwired problem. Setup. Yeah, hardwired yeah. gain, but the like, the yeah. all the aux and data position are all um, digitally assigned. Yeah, I, yeah. I would not recommend that. Nope. Well. Yeah, we've had it. For, we've had it for ten years, and uh, we hope to replace well, it. Well, you're about to. We'll replace it when when it breaks. There you go. There you go. Like like most churches, uh, James. 
Let's let's get a little personal here at five in the morning for you. Well, not that personal. <laughs> Tell us some of the motivation and the thoughts that you had before you know putting this this really well polished um, kit curriculum book awesomeness awesomeness. There we go. Before you put all this awesomeness together, uh, gosh, I guess it started with my own pain. Uh, you know, solving my own pain points at some point, or or trying to help others not repeat some of those. Uh, pain points, especially as a, as a young volunteer and, and then quickly becoming thrust into a leadership position. I was charged with, you know, training my sound team and figuring out the dynamics of personal relationship and leadership and what it means to lead a technical ministry and, and excellence and, you know, all those, all those buzzwords, uh, things we associate with with, uh, our service. And one of the things I always found coming up short was the, the true support on the technical side that was geared towards, uh, you know, church lay people wanting to serve in a technical capacity. And so that's what really led kind of this eureka moment for writing the book. And of course life happens, you procrastinate, um, you know, you go through different phases and I put it off for far too long. And finally, you know, just a couple of years ago, sat down and said, you know what, I'm going to start getting up at four in the morning and, and write for a couple hours before the rest of my day starts. I'm going to make this thing happen. So, um, I, I'm glad we're doing this so early in the morning because it's very reminiscent of when I started <laughs> writing this. It's actually cathartic in a way. I, I tell you what, there's, I mean, I'm, to be honest, there's a lot of products and there's a lot of ebooks and there's a lot of stuff that is launched uh, geared towards the church or church tech. And a lot of times it, it just feels like a quick money maker for people. Um, and I, I will say that, you know, when I got your stuff, I was, I, I, hmm, I didn't have my hopes set very high, to be honest, James. And when I began to look into it and look at your content, I was really blown away just how polished and how well put together the, the, the entire thing was. And then to make even things more impressive, I found your app, which is just amazing. uh, Yeah. That that was one of those things that was almost serendipitous. Um, you know, the guide was on my mind for so many years and then, uh, had a discussion with a friend of mine who, develops apps and we're just chatting about what would be really cool or handy for you know different technology sets and we came across this virtual practice mixer and uh, i was like it would be so cool if if a church volunteer that knew nothing about mixing could actually practice mixing on their own time in their own space with headphones and and figure out how this stuff works and apply the concepts and so that's how the app was born and uh, it, it really it does make it an interactive experience, which is which has gone beyond anything I expected. So yeah, it's it's pretty awesome, Phil. I know you want to talk about that a little bit, right? Well, I just I just know that I'm I'm excited for the chance to uh, take this app and give it to my sound guys and say, hey guys, if you have any issues, this might be a, a good resource for you. Uh, especially we've we have. Um, we have one sound guy. He's like the head of our, our tech team, and he, he and our uh, screen guy, computer guy, are just really faithful and just great guys. But they're the only two who are up there on average. You know, Wednesday nights are a little bit different. Sometimes I go up there to run the screens. Um, 
but it's basically those two guys all the time. And we need to find, we need to, we need some new people. And so I want to go and say, Hey guys, this app and this book might be a great way for you to walk new people through the process. Cause it's hard sometimes, you know, being a sound guy, it can be very technical. And then a lot of it is like you said, the book, uh, it, it's, it's art and a craft. And so there's that difficulty to communicate, but then also, uh, each sound scenario is a little bit different. And so there's a lot of institutional knowledge that these guys could, um, need to work on imparting as well. So if I can make the, the basic training element easier with this app and this book, that's fantastic. That gives them, uh, frees them up to figure out, okay, he, here's some institutional knowledge. So when the pastor does this, make sure you're ready for this and that kind of stuff where they, where they can impart those little, you know, slow, subtle cues to make running sound in our church specific to our church. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, it seems like no matter how many times I explained how feedback worked, like, you know, drawing pictures, talking about the science of it and everything it, you know, feedback is, it, it isn't easy. It's not easy to deal with, even when you fully understand it, but it never seemed like I could really help people fully grasp how to handle feedback. And they would actually do things to, to sometimes even make it worse, right? Or they would do things naturally, like, you know, turn up the gain or do, do st- stuff like that that would then set them up for an eventual feedback problem, right? And on the app, there you even have a, a little practice area to deal with feedback as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and that's kind of the, uh, part of it's the, f- the frequency analyzer part, that's, that's a lot of fun for a number of different uh, purposes, but to be able to go through and actually uh, create feedback when nobody else is around and, and to help train your ear. Um, you know, when I first started out, I, I was lucky enough to have access to some professional test equipment because of what I was doing in my day job. And so I'd actually bring that into the church and do training sessions with my guys. And, and we'd actually create feedback and look at it on this old school frequency analyzer and say, this is what 600 Hertz sounds like, or this is what feedback from the choir microphones sound like. So when you start to hear this in the service, you know where to go on your EQ or, you know, how loud you can push this source before it's going to get to that level. Um, and it was a really effective tr- training tool for hands-on reinforcement. Um, so that was, that was a lot of fun to see that come together. So I hope people can use it to, to kind of bolster their efforts there. Yeah, I, I love it when um, tools and techniques like this um, are born out of local church experience, you know, because um, I've heard a conversation a while back, and it doesn't really apply particularly, but it applies in the sense here that it's so important, I think, for the church to to share its knowledge and for local churches to strengthen other local churches. There's so much in, in Christianity where we're looking for quote unquote professionals. So like, it's like mega pastors and this and that will, you know, give their techniques and, and their, their statements. And you can tell after a while, some of these pastors, they they're so big, they're not involved in any gritty anymore. You know, and it's great to see a sound guy who is in those trenches, given the advice, given the techniques. And that's that's I think what what makes it um, so helpful because you can tell clearly that you've trained numerous sound guys, and this is this is born out of that. Yeah, and, and hopefully it's it's in a language and approach that is is digestible. You know, so much so much in the tech world. I mean, you guys know being in it all the time, but but we can get caught up in the the jargon or the mumbo jumbo of of our 
you know, little geek empires that we create for ourselves. And so we, we just talk at this very high level or we'll, we'll discuss things that are, that are, you know, completely irrelevant for a lot of our lay volunteers. And, and that's a disservice to, uh, opening up the doors for people to get involved. Um, and, and there's a, there's an ego involved. Yeah, it creates a lot of us versus them. And like you said, it, it cuts a lot of people out that would be great, great help in the sound booth. And, you know, one of the one of the top two problems that tech ministries face is face is the lack of volunteers. And it's these kind of resources. And like you outlined the attitude of not, you know, being so like, you know, move, you know, let me handle this problem kind of mentality. Um, having a good attitude and having good resources like this, the number of volunteers that you can have on your tech team can really multiply. Yeah, and, and you, you get rid of the, the high turnover in some positions or you can enhance your scheduling. You know, when, you know, I, I've, I've worked in places where, you know, on, on the church team, there was just one person and that person was me. I've, I've done uh, things where, kind of like you mentioned, Phil, where it's a, it's a couple people that are your primary point people. And I've also managed teams where we had uh, a solid rotation of, of five and sometimes six folks. And if you're running uh, two or three services a week, you really need to have that rotation built in, especially if you're dealing with volunteers. It's one thing to have a paid technical director or, or a paid professional sound guy uh, that's there and that's his job. Uh, but it's quite another to depend on volunteer support for that and, and the time commitment involved in doing so. So uh, the more accessible you can make the opportunity to serve, uh, the better off everybody will be in that organization, really. Well, and I've, I think I'll, as far as ease of read, I'll say this. I, I, last night around 1030 after having worked a full day and then taking care of taking helping my wife take care of my daughter who was sick and going to the Walmart and shopping for an hour and a half. Uh, I laid down in bed and read 20 pages, no problem. So, like, I was exhausted, and yet I was still able to read through and understand and comprehend. So, I mean, it's it, the book is is easy to read, easy to digest. And granted, granted, I ran sound, but I was – and while I had several guys help me out and train me, I would never – read much of anything you know quote unquote for a professional so like i still don't quite understand ohm's law or impedance i i get i love your your point about um impedance is like uh you know signal friction you know that's a great point and it's an easy way to understand it but i still don't understand how it all fits together i just know this doesn't sound good and i know that like in my church i can't plug this this speaker into that thing there and i, I know locally how it works for me but i thought you were going through it and explaining it pre, in a a fairly accessible uh level and and a very fairly accessible um level of detail yeah and with sound i mean it's it's kind of part of that art form side of things there is the science the ohm's law you know the inverse square law all these acoustic properties but then there's also the the art of of making it work and doing what sounds right you know that's a very uh subjective thing uh so many times and there yeah there's skills we can learn and some science that we can learn to to enhance what we're doing but at the end of the day we are mixing by feel and by, by how it sounds to us. And so we don't have to know the ins and outs of Ohm's law to be a good sound guy. Um, so that's, that's, you know, you want a basic understanding so that you're safe. Yeah. You don't want to 
plug in 10 loudspeakers on one monitor channel. Um, but at the same time, uh, do what sounds good and experiment. Uh, there's very few things that you're going to do that are just going to completely obliterate your sound system on a technical basis uh, or that you can't recover from just by setting the knobs back to 12 o'clock, right. you know? Right. So, so if, you know, we, we've outlined what, what this, what uh, the kit, I don't know. I don't, what did we decide to call it, Phil? I think we decided to call it a compendium. <laughs> a compendium. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to call it the awesome. James, tell us about um, how people can get the awesome, what comes with the awesome exactly, kind of options. I don't know. Just just tell us the rundown because, you know, people need to know how to, how to get their hands yeah, on Yeah, probably the, the fastest way to get access to all of it is just the, the website, greatchurchsound.com. Um, I've also got a Facebook page, Great Church Sound, uh, or you could reach out to me on Twitter at James underscore Wassum. Uh, but yeah, if you go to the website there, the free app is available right there. You can find that in iTunes or Google play. So that, that is a free resource and it does have a ton of tips. Um, a lot of call outs and, and special highlights from the book are included in the app. So you kind of get a preview of what you're going to get in the book. Um, and like we mentioned earlier, there is a practice, a digital practice mixer. It's a three track mixer. Um, with a song that you can play around with compression and reverb and EQ and kind of learn some of the basics. Um, and then a frequency analyzer to kind of have fun playing around with different sounds and tones. Um, and then of course, you know, links to the book on there. I do have some free reports available. So I put together, uh, two free guides. One is, uh, for feedback. Uh, so I, I think I named it so brashly and inappropriately but it's called the instant feedback killer battle plan uh, I, don't, I don't know what i was thinking but <laughs> no that's, per- that's that's awesome no, keep that. that that's right up no. our that's right up our don't alley back that down. Come on, uh, hold true yeah. that. do not back yeah, that down well, it's, it's it's locked in digital now so but uh and then i just uh finished a new one uh called uh worship distractions and your sound system so those two reports are available uh, on the website. So if you sign up for one of those, you actually get both of them. So, uh, anyway, yeah. So, so check that out. And, and of course, feel free. I've got contact forms on there. Feel free to reach out to me. Um, and, uh, with any sound questions or whatever else, I'm, I'm all, I always love talking sound even at five in the morning. Okay. James, you told us all about the free stuff. What about the stuff that people want to, how much for the book, man, how much for this handbook? Yeah. So the book is available as an ebook. It's uh $7.99 on Amazon and the uh, paperback is available for $14.99. So it's, uh, uh, the paperback itself for, for other comparable books, it's, it's, uh, pretty low cost. I mean, you go to get into some of these other sound books or you're looking at 20 to 25, 30 bucks. Um, and some of the other books that are in my same category for church sound are actually more like a pamphlet or a collection of technical blog posts. Um, so, you know, if, if you're into that sort of thing, that's fine. But, but, uh, you know, for more of an official guide, um, I feel like at the price point is pretty, pretty high value yeah it's an incredibly high value i i would think that you that for what you're offering the app and and some of the white papers that you made available and and the book itself and everything you you could have charged three to four times 
more than what you are. Wouldn't you agree, Phil? Oh, definitely. I mean, I, yeah. first, first of all, first of all, listen, doesn't that sound good? Paper is, one, oh, that paper so is good. wonderful. Sec, second of all, <laughs> I, I feel like... Go analog, I, people. Go, I think for me, if I'm running sound, if I'm sitting there in the sound booth, I, I love my iPad, but I don't want to flip to my iPad. I, I have a book there where I can highlight, underline things. I got my, my, my pages tabbed to where I want it to go. Um, and then beyond that, the illustrations in the book are fantastic. Give, give your wife a high five for those illustrations, <laughs> man. you got to uh, keep her there. But uh, beyond that, like, and this is just some real talk for a church. If I want to, if I want, like, like one of the diagrams, some diagrams in here, if I want my sound guys to make sure they understand this, I'm going to take, I'm going to, I'm going to go to the, you know, the yield Xerox machine and Xerox's diagram and say, guys, understand this and know this. I'm going to tape it next to the soundboard. Don't do this thing because of this chart here. And, well, guess, guess what, Phil? If you, if you go to the uh, oh, you book, at, at the end of the book, if you go to the book bonus page, I knew you were going to say that. Go to go the ahead. Website, I've got printouts for about three or four different sections of the book, so you can print that chart out and have it as a standalone. Look at that! Nice. See, he's, look at he's that! Thinking us. Look James. at that! He knows how it is. James. You know, okay, all right. If you're a church tech leader, or even just one of the sound guys, get both. Get the paperback to keep there and then get a digital copy to share amongst yourselves right and, ju- and just do both i mean the app is free you're, you're supporting something that is is providing an amazing resource james i mean just james wassum is awesome i mean if you want great church sound then you need to get great church sound well, thanks guys yeah that's i you know the other thing i wanted to do with the pricing you guys mentioned this was make it accessible to to the average person not every tech department's going to go out and invest in a lot of different resources. And like me, I was left to my own devices and found wanting. So, you know, if I'm going to go out and invest in my team. This is affordable enough. You don't have to go get permission or go get a check or anything. You just buy it and call, and call it good. Right. Yeah. I'm not investing in, in a, you know, $400 course to bring back to my team. I'm, I'm investing in a very small I know. thing. And, and I wish... And I was shocked when I when I took a look at the app. I'm like, okay, first of all, the app is free. Wow, it's not it's not you know you don't build apps for free. And second of all, I was really happy to see that it wasn't it wasn't um, married to the book. It wasn't like, well, this is useless without the book. It's useful all on its own. Uh, I may have shot myself in the foot there on a business aspect, but uh, <laughs> maybe okay. so, maybe so. But <laughs> it, you're helping it's really you're helping the church. That's that's yeah. that's my primary goal, and and yeah, that's the main resource I wanted to make out there. Well, church techs salute you everywhere. Yeah, man, and I, that's what a honestly what a gift to the kingdom in that sense. To you know, I mean the uh, the the book is fantastic, and I de- I heartily agree. To you need the book and the and the and the app as a companion piece. You need both those resources. But even just putting the app out there for free, I know, yeah, you you probably could have charged for it or made it one of those things where like you can buy it or get it free with the book. But um, what a great kingdom mindset to put that out there so that guys can begin to do do sound better um, and to help people you know enter into worship and glorify God. You know, one of the best bits of sound advice I ever got from the the guy the guy who trained me was our organ player. Um, and so, like, he would give me some tips and pointers, but then he'd be playing organ while I'm running sound. 
Mm. So like for the first few years, we had headsets where he could tell me stuff like, hey, turn this down quick. You know, it was great. He's a, he's a great teacher and a great guy. But one of the best things he told me is one day I was kind of, I was kind of frustrated because I couldn't. It's hard to sing and worship while you're running sound. He said, dude, what you're doing is worship. He mm-hmm. said, me playing the organ and singing on stage is just as much worship as what you're doing in the back and what people are doing in the seats. It's all mm-hmm. worship. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that, that you, what you're doing with this book and this app is helping people to, to lead others in their worship. Yeah. Well, that's, I think that's the highest compliment uh, any book or person could receive on that. So I, I really appreciate that. Hey, you're very welcome. Appreciate the book. All right, James. TheGreatChurchSound.com, right? That's correct, yes. All right, you got it, people. You've got the orders. GreatChurchSound.com. James, thank you so much for all this all this great work that you have done for the church. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. I hope you like what you heard as much as we did. Jeremy will be back next week. But in the meantime, if you have a question, comment, or suggestion, use the CMAGCast hashtag or visit churchmag forward slash riddle me this. And if you enjoy the Church Mag podcast, please let us know by leaving an iTunes review. It doesn't have to rhyme or anything. Just tell us what you think. Until next week. Wait, but did you say your last name's Wassum? Yes, that's correct. Like it rhymes with awesome? That's yeah, you could say that. Dude, I'm like so jealous of your name right now. You missed some brandy here, but you should be using that. I mean, okay, because this is a guy with the last name of Die, so you have to put it in perspective. The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on Buzzsprout.com. Sophomore year of high school, I fell and got rug burn on my face. This explains so much, Phil. So oh, yeah. much. There's so much, so much break trauma. Let's I wish Jeremy was here. He, this would be a definite counseling moment. Yes, it would be. <laughs>